Alzheimer's sucks. It's an equal opportunity disease that chips away at everything we hold dear. And to date, there's no cure. So until there is, we continue to fight with the most powerful tool in our arsenal, love. This is Love Conquers Alls, a real and really positive podcast that takes a deep dive into everything Alzheimer's, the good, the bad, and everything in between. And now, here are your hosts, Susie Singer-Carter and me, Don Priest. Hello, I'm Susie Singer-Carter. And I'm Don Priest, and this is Love Conquers Alls. It How is. <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm very well. You're very like, well. Mm-hmm, I like your shirt, Don. Thanks. I, I made it this morning. Uh, I took a crayon uh-huh. and, uh, and just drew it on there. Don't you love it? I do. Yeah, I do. It's terrific. It looks just like the ones that we now have available on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> but Always not that true. I want to tell anybody else about it. No. But... Ooh, wait. I, oh, love, I just I need a little sip of coffee. Wait. Did you make that this morning? No, I got, I, I ordered this off our Facebook page. Wow. Isn't it cute? We are shameless shills. <laughs> Come on. 5% goes to Alzheimer's Los Angeles. That's right. So come on. Yeah, right, get yourself commercial. a great love, love conquers alls swag. Uh, all and look at my hat that I designed. It's actually Crazy. embroidered. Look. Beautiful. Isn't it pretty? Nice. Very nice. So guess what? What? So we, so you already know this, but we have this greatest guest today because they're all the way from the UK, in the middle of the UK. They're in the UK. You mean right now they're in the UK? Right now. But they also were in the UK like a couple days ago when we recorded an entire brilliant show. And it was so early for me that I forgot to press record. (laughs) Yep. Yep. It was so good. It was so good. It was, it was they awesome. are so lovely, these two people. And um, anyway, I'm I'm not going to drag on about it, but you know, no, we're we're doing happens. take two. We're doing take two. Yeah. And um, and they're here uh, to talk about a really exciting new technology that 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 can change uh, can change caregiving forever. I think. Yeah. I think. And it's called Bridget. We'll tell you more about that. Or actually, they're going to tell you more about it when, when they come on, come aboard. But we'll tell you a little bit about them. Darren Crombie and Kat Walia. Uh, Darren is the founder of Upstream Health and the lead for Team Bridget. Um, he has experience uh, in building teams and startups to deliver technology and health innovation with a focus on improving social outcomes. Uh, Darren also helps and mentors other health tech founders, students, and fellow makers. And Kat Walia is the product lead working across all aspects of Bridget. He liaises with clients, customers, Bridget device owners, family caregivers, and Team Bridget. And um, in addition, his background in human uh, physiology, internet computing, research, and business analysis means he can speak geek as well as normal as normal and uh, <laughs> let's try that again <laughs> no he does he speaks geek as well as uh, normally and that uh, enables him to look at things from a very different perspective to get a solution and that solution is bridget i so, love it yeah that's a great intro Thanks. These guys are amazing, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna wax on because I'm gonna just bring them on. Because first of all, they they look amazing, and How they're drinking beer. How do we, know, that, How do we drink- know they look amazing? We haven't even seen them yet. I did. I peeked. Oh, I did a peek. You cheat. Good evening. Yeah, there you go. There we go. Do now it. we Let's know see. you're in. Now we know look you're at, in. <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not seltzer water. <laughs> no, no, that that's five o'clock UK beer. Yeah, nice. that's right. Yeah, you know, that's nice. right. a little one. Not the pints, just the little ones. That is a little one. <laughs> Cheers. But Don, that was like so much better than the first time we did it. That introduction was amazing. I thought it was terrific. I did fumble a little there, but that's just because it is so dang early here. (laughs) (laughs) The way you described us, I want to meet us now. Who doesn't want to meet you? Everybody wants to meet them. (laughs) And and I made up all those words. I didn't even know. I was just I was just spitballing. Well, it's in the zeitgeist. It's in the (laughs) zeitgeist. I I don't speak geek. I do a little conversational geek, which is you know gets me by. So 
Um, but we we like to we like to talk geek. First of all, thank you so much for for allowing me to to fix my mistake. And um, and you guys are, but it really does it really does speak to who you are. You are really lovely human beings, and what you're doing for the caregiving caregivers community is is really lovely, and just another solution on our way to like figuring out how to be better better people and better society for people that are are you know have dementia and Alzheimer's and anything else, anything else that you're caregiving for really. What is Bridget? And then we'll get into how it came about the the genesis of it so because we see that that logo behind we say bridget what is that learn share and care what is it Hmm. so i mean so bridget um is designed for family carers as we call them in the uk and or caregivers as we call them in the us um and it's a a set of um, technologies that allow us to help seniors to stay well in their own homes and help the family carers that are looking after them to be reassured that their loved ones are well but also for us to kind of wrap our arms around the family carers. So what we say, Don, is that we care for you so you can care for them. Um, and that's what we're all about. We're about embracing family carers through innovation, through technology. And, and some of those technologies might be things we provide to seniors, like you know our Bridget Watch, which is quite cool. I've got one on, and I can explain some more about that in a minute, or home hubs that help them in their property. Um, but also we're providing video-enabled services to the family carers as well. So our professionals can actually provide coaching sessions to them, provide support to them, or even just sit there and listen to people that might be quite distant right now, especially with all the stuff going on with COVID. Mm-hmm. Wow. Is that is the watch a new thing? Because is that the is that something new that that has in the UK? Lots cool. of people have these, we call them push button solutions. So it's like a fob oh, around the neck. Wow. And if you push it, then somebody will hopefully respond and come to you. Um, but a lot of the time, my granddad just takes it off, right? Yes. And he just sticks it on the side and he never wears it. Um, so what we've built is a new watch right. that is effectively a phone and a watch all in one. So it doesn't need a mobile phone. He, if he presses this button, right. he can ring me or ring his family member or ring a care professional. Um, we take his heart rate and his movement information so we can see if he's got any different movement taking place, maybe over six weeks, which oh, might great. be an actual sign of dementia, early onset. You can see through movement. And then we're using that information to feed the app and the carer so they can be reassured. So, you know, my mum can be sat on a bus and she can have a look at her phone and say, actually, granddad's up. He's OK. But maybe maybe he needs a quick chat and she can just call him right on his wrist. Um, and one of the cool things for that is like my granddad with the push buttons is, is a bit housebound, like he can't get out. But he wants to go out, especially in the summer. Right. Um, but with a watch, you can just pop that on. And then if he's out and about. He's supported wherever. So if he has a fall right. or trips or something and he's in a park, then we're going to get a responder to him. And and this, this is uh, an inter this interfaces with the Bridget unit or is this completely separate? Separate. So, so Bridget is, is actually the platform for us. That's this collection of things that are there to help the carer and the person they're caring for, which could be that they're just using their app. It could be that they're using the watch and the app. It could be that they're using the home hub. There's lots of different parts that come together for that for that system. Actually, like it's cool if it's not even our devices. So we're also linked with AWS, so Amazon. Um, so for example, linking in Alexa for people that do have Wi-Fi, and then linking through that as well. So you don't have to use our Bridget technology. You can use whatever, but then we're connecting that to family carers. Oh my gosh! So wow. That so that's that is so incredible. That's incredible. So, so the Bridget the, uh, was the first part of it, the the unit that, uh, yeah. tell us about that. Tell us about the, how yeah. it started. Yeah, so so that was, I mean, we, we kind of started by sitting down with people like my granddad and then saying, you know, understanding more about this push button and understanding what they like about that, which is actually the reassurance that actually if I need help, I can get it. Mm-hmm. But also understanding some of the frustrations with that, which is quite legacy technology. It's quite old. Um, and then also understanding from the carers what they need uh, in order to provide care, you know, be that them coming into the house, be that them coordinating the care of people that come in and supporting my granddad, um, or be that um, looking at remotely to make sure that they're reassured. So we, we kind of started with Microsoft, actually, on a journey and said, if we were to like rethink um, technology, so my granddad, you know, he has no internet. Um, and in the UK, maybe 55% of seniors don't have any internet connection in the house. 
in the US, it's about 40%. It's a little bit further along. Um, and, and that community, a lot of them don't use mobile apps either. And, and this was a time when everyone was building apps. So you can build an app for a dementia patient that they're never going to use, right? right? You go onto App Store, you can download 20,000 dementia apps. It's, it's crazy. Um, so we said, let's rethink this. Let's think about accessibility. So building something that people can actually physically use. Um, and also let's think about what somebody wants in the house. So they don't want something that's going to intrude into the environment. So, you know, people could put a camera into a property, for example, but who wants the kids watching them through a camera? It's just not, it's not what they're after, right? Yeah. So we, we started with this, this kind of concept. If we could build a very simple uh, interface. So, you know, it doesn't look too flash, but that's like an e-paper screen. And it's just giving them simple alerts through the day. So they can know what's going on with, from, from the BBC News, uh, any updates on COVID, um, what the weather's looking like, what their home environment's like, whether there's, they've got any key appointments that are taking place. If they need support, it's just a button click away so they can check in with loved ones and let them know that they're out of bed or they've got up, mm-hmm. um, which they could do if they've got a text, but this is quite easy way of doing it. Um, but then also provide inside it uh, a way to capture loads of data. Right. So on here, we've got, this is kind of what's, what we say Bridget looks like without our clothes on. So it's, in really, here, it's a bit sexy. I won't, I'll have to admit. <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, my, my granddad came up with the name Bridget. So he was a big Bridget Bardo fan. Ah, so, uh, and it worked perfectly. Where, yeah. yeah. And we, well, actually the name Bridget was about bridging. Yes. Right. And yeah. Them, right? So bringing them together. Um, but yeah, it's on the board, like the technology. Um, we've got a, a, a sensor that allows us to track people when they come to the house so they can check in. Uh, Bluetooth sensors that can track uh, get people's phones that are coming into the property. You can imagine for COVID and contact tracing, that's a, a key scenario you can support. Um, we have like a, a ox- oxygen sensors, air quality sensors, uh, a radar that looks around and builds like a, a perimeter so we can look at movement around the device. Um, a wow. gyroscope so we can track how, how often granddad's getting in the fridge and accessing food in there. Um, and then we also included a GSM chip so that you can use it anywhere. So this works anywhere in the world. If you want to take it with you to Thailand, if you're lucky enough to go there or, or wherever, you can go and just basically take Bridget with you and get the support any, anywhere you want. That's amazing. So it's like its own little hot hub wherever it goes? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. And, 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 and is, guess- is everything integrated? So everything works together like the watch would, would integrate with that or no? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, so you think about like um, in terms of need. So if we kind of talk about a pyramid of need um, and you can have people at the top might be people like with severe dementia, yes. for example, they'd be better with the watch. because That's what they, I was they, just going to say, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they'd put the watch on and they don't need to do anything. It's just there. If they want to call somebody, they can. And we put certain modes on specifically for dementia to make it simpler for them. Mm-hmm. With the home hub, they could have that as well. But actually, if they've got the watch, you probably don't need the home hub. You know? Right. But if you're maybe lower down the pyramid, mm-hmm. then actually this is really good because it can just give you some reassurance. You're not right. being tracked everywhere, but if you need help, you can get it through the home hub. That would be good for your mom, Don. Yes, it would. Your be. mom needs that. Well, she you... has she has like life alert, you know, where she's got yeah. the pendant, and you know, if she fell down or That's had it. you know, have, and she has used it a couple times, and that yeah. goes directly to an operator, but yeah. it doesn't tell her family what's going on. Exactly. And then the operator then has to call the family. So this is kind of, I mean, I assume who who gets this information? Because I, I know people are are concerned about their privacy and, mm-hmm. you know, where is all this information going out to? Who's who's seeing all this? Where yeah. does that go? So so the the data is owned by that that person that's being cared for. So in that instance, you can the way it works. My granddad effectively gets the unit. Um, if you want to connect to it, so for our app, there's a little code you scan, mm-hmm. um, just on the back there. Um, yeah. And then that then allows the app to connect to it, which then sends Grandad a password to his screen. So just a, a number, we call it a one-time password. And then he then grants and authorizes that person to access his data. So it's really important for us that he's the one that's in control and that if he decides that he doesn't want somebody to access that data, just from this display, he can actually remove them. Um, so that's really key. That's but in, amazing. Yeah. But in terms of like the escalation process, we call it, it, it would be, and it depends how you want to set it up, but you know, the common way would be it comes to family carer one first. So maybe me, mm-hmm. then if it's an alert, it could go to my sister. If I don't pick up, 
But then if she doesn't pick up, then it would go to a care response center. How well okay. thought out. That's so well thought out. And, and I like, the, I love, I'm really fascinated with the watch only because I know for my mom, it, you know, it, it's important when they get to a certain stage, like you said, of the pyramid where they will, they, where they will resist mm -hmm. anything that they're not used to, or, you know, that's not theirs. And so if it, if it, if it could be presented as a gift or, or, or something of fashion or something that they feel, uh, you know, uh, a connection to. So let's say if it was a watch or even if you thought to make it like a little more, fem I don't know if you ever have any like, you know, fashion, fashion ideas to add to it. <laughs> oh, you know, Susie, I'm all over that. <laughs> Are you? Okay, yeah, yeah, we've got, we've got a, like a rose gold version of this as well. There you go, done. So I'm going to send done. you a picture of that. And yeah, 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 because on. that is that's what I'm talking about. Then yeah, you yeah. you've hooked them and you've made it easy for the caregivers to to yeah. be able to, you know, use your technology without making, you know, with that without increasing the the anxiety that that comes yeah. along with with dementia and Alzheimer's. Yeah, because there yeah. is an anxiety. And what, one of the things, because th there are some watches out there, they're not, they're not like this one, but there's some watches out there already. But one of the big issues with them is like, you've got to charge it up every two to three days. And especially if you've got dementia, that's like a big ask on you just to do that. I mean, well, it's not going to happen. It's not, not going to happen. happen right? mm -hmm. So we were like, well, we've got to get something that is a month so that I can put it on. And I know for a month that's going to work without a charge. And that's where we got to. So that's for us why, you know, you look at it, it's, it's a simple design, right? It just looks like a watch. Which is but, great, which is better because especially again, somebody with Alzheimer's at a at a stage where, you know, it, it need they need to understand what, what it is on their arm because they're gonna forget. It's like what's on my arm? Oh, my watch, what's on my arm? It's a loop. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like, you know, from your video that that challenge when you have Alzheimer's and dementia, you can remember things from 20, 30 years ago, mm -hmm. right? And what, what you were wearing 20, 30 years ago was not an Apple Watch, which exactly. super duper blinger, right? It probably looks like a little bit like that. Exactly. You know? It looks like my dad's watch. I'm telling yeah. you, you know, you, you're so, you're yeah. so freaking thoughtful. I can't stand it. <laughs> I know. And, I mean it. I'm just so, I'm so like moved by it. It's, it's just perfect. It's perfect because you get it. Yeah. You get what you get their needs. Cat, how cat what and what was your contribution, Cat, for in terms of the technology? Because you apparently speak geek. So yeah. <laughs> do tell. So a lot of what I do is Darren and the team works a lot on the development side. Um, but then you need to get somebody at the furnace end to see how people are going to use it, how they're going to react to it, how they're embracing it, how and to make a suggestions. Um, so some of the services that I got put on top, like we've got an additional service called the Care Coach which checks in with people with like mental health, how they're getting on in the day. So mm -hmm. ask them questions like, how are you feeling today? We, we established that when you have, for example, the home hub in, in the house, you start getting a pattern of behavior. So you start seeing uh, the temperatures that's normal for them. You start seeing what their movement patterns are throughout the day and the week. Um, you get people, in fact, talking about dementia, we had a lady, um, can't mention her name, um, but we had a lady whose mum has dementia and she was struggling with, with mum, you know, taking, for example, trying to boil a kettle, not boil a kettle, then um, boil a pan of water mm -hmm. and put it in the microwave because she forgot that actually I need to put it in, on the hob. Um, so she put a number of different technology in the home. Um, and then when we introduced the home hub to her, she said, why couldn't I have this a year ago? Because they had something like an IP camera so they can see what's going on in the home. But more often than not, the internet goes off. You right. can't see what's going on. You've got no feedback. Whereas with the home hub, you can see the movement. You know, she's about, she's moving in the house. She's okay. She's right. accessing the fridge and so on. Other patterns of behavior were like, they assumed she was going to sleep at 10 o'clock right through till like six, seven in the morning. Through the home hub, they realized she wakes up, goes to the kitchen, opens the fridge, stays in the kitchen for about five minutes. So she might be getting a drink, making a cup of tea, cocoa, whatever it may be. And then she disappears again. So she's actually getting up around about two or three in the morning. Mm -hmm. and then going back to bed so there were some really insightful things that came from that and just seeing the peace of mind that that she had from that is is just awesome and and just to be there is a camera or there is not a camera no there's no camera, no there's camera. No camera because that's really invasive um and a lot of people were well they put the camera in a camera an in, independent 
you know, technology they put in before they had Bridget. Right. And the issue they were having was it kept cutting. Mm-hmm. Right. We didn't know what was happening. And also for the, you know, for the person that, you know, you feel like you're, you're being watched, you're being, you know, spied mm-hmm. on or whatever, you know, they, there's a lot of um, insecurity uh, when, when, you know, you start thinking people are, you know, there's, oh, yeah, paranoia kind of comes in. It's hallmark, it's hallmark of the disease. Yeah. And so paranoia is such a big, big thing of it. And and I can imagine that would be a big struggle to, to somebody to think all of a sudden, oh, I'm being watched 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and it kind of takes their dignity too. Um, but it's also, but we also identify in different scenarios people are using them in. So that's kind of an extreme in terms of dementia. But then you've got people who, who are, you know, the compass mentors and the cognitive ability is still there. Um, they, they go about normally, but they, they want to have that reassurance of somebody's right. actually there if they need them. Mm-hmm. So they put, even in the, in the hub, you can actually send simple messages. Like we said, the check-in, I'm just going out for a walk. It gets sent through to his, his daughter. Um, who was actually a bus driver, so she can't be looking at a watch all the time, her phone all right, the time. Right. But when she's got a moment, she can actually look and see this message has come through. Okay, Dad's okay. He's, he's got up. He's got back in. He's done this. She checks the temperature of the house. Okay, that's fine. Um, I mean, in that example, um, because we know a lot of older people don't want to be a burden. Yes. They won't tell you when something happens. Mm-hmm. So she would see him on a Monday and a Wednesday, but then not see him until the Saturday. So what happened in this, no, this is wintertime. So her, his boiler had broken on the Wednesday. She only found out on the Saturday when she went to see him. If she'd uh, had the home up in his, in his house, so the temperature's yeah. been low for all this period of time, picked up the phone and said, hey, dad, how are you getting on? Oh, wow, that's, that's so amazing. great. And, all, and even the opposite, like, because, and I, you're right, because when my mom and my stepdad were still living independently, but, you know, they were, my mom was exhibiting those kinds of mistakes, like you said, with the pan and the, you know, the boiling of the water. And it's things that it's those little things that you overlook if you don't really look, if you're, it, you know, they're little things that can be disastrous really. Right. You know, and even how about taking medication? Like that was a big deal in early stages because everything, you know, for the most part, my mom was still driving and, and, you know, cooking and go doing, doing her day to days, but, getting her to remember to take medication was so hard. And there was, there was no way that I would have loved to have that. I would have loved to know, you know, be able to just kind of monitor that without having to be there. Or not taking it twice, you know, which forget they took it. And then suddenly they're taking their medications twice or three times or more. Um, So it's really peace of mind, not only for the person, but for the caregiver. I mean, I know, my mom, she's she lives alone and she's, you know, she's healthy and she's sharp, but she, you know, I mean, she has issues. She's in, she's in her, uh, you know, she's 80, late 80s. Yeah. And, yeah, and um, if I call and she doesn't answer, now she could be out in the yard. She could be in the bathroom. She could be taking a shower. I don't know. This way you would know. And so the peace of mind that it gives the care giver or just another family member and i guess what happens is is family members there's usually like one main caregiver everyone starts sharing that just by just by rote because they have that access of information right it it makes it it makes it easier to share the responsibilities and 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 you know oh yeah all the information like if you want to be a part of it and you're not close by Right. At least you can. Yeah, you have. And I think, you know, for for me, like personally, I kind of talked to my granddad before. So he was this guy building ships and stuff when he was younger and the strongest guy I knew growing up. And now, you know, he's frail and he struggles, but he's still a strong, proud man. And so he wants to feel like like a cat said it's not a burden. Um, But at the same time, on that sharing is really key. So my mom and my sister are taking the prime care roles. I always feel like I should be doing more. You know, but without understanding what those things are that I can help with, I can't help. So actually having, an, and this is something we want to really develop more next year, this concept that, you know, caring is a sharing game, that actually if we share, we can care together and it makes things easier. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the thing is, if you make it easier, that's the key. That's the key yeah. because, you know, it, 
there's so many cogs in the wheel of caring and and I don't think you know I, and it unfortunately it, it happened in my with me personally and I know from talking to a, a bazillion people I am certainly not unique but caregiving tends to fall on one person and and the ones that aren't caregiving don't really have an understanding of how much goes into caregiving you know and this would be such a great way to to you know ident- to really open their eyes and also give them an opportunity to to be involved without you having to request it or you know <laughs> i have a question about <clears throat> availability uh, i know you're in the uk so and you said that you're connect- connected with amazon does that mean we across the pond could use your technology yet or not so um, we'd love to come to the US, um, but for us, we, we kind of want to fix things here first or help those here first, really. Sure. Um, so as a business, we're kind of focused at least for the next six months. I'm really just, just to the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will send you a watch, a nice rose gold one, and, and you, can, you can give it a go and I'd love your feedback. Oh, um, that would be brilliant. But wouldn't it be awesome if every room in a nursing home had these so that the family could at least yeah. also be a part of like, you know, because really by rights, I'd like to check in every day and ask the nurse what's going on, but I yeah. can't. Yeah, no, and that's exactly it. I mean, we, we, we started from the scenario really where we're looking at those people that are, aren't on people's radar. So maybe they're on their own in their own homes, but there's so many applications where, you know, residential okay. homes, care homes, they would love to support. Yeah, yeah, hurry. We need you. <laughs> well, I mean, even for the staff, they, you know, I mean, for the staff, it would be amazing because. We would also ensure accountability. It's like, are they getting, you know, it's like, are they getting out of bed? Are they not? Why aren't they? You know, it's like, Yeah. And that, and that's really interesting. Like, cause we, we have spoke to uh, care homes and residential homes and we work with community nurse teams. Uh, we work with doctors with other solutions. And there's, there's a lot of nervousness about data. So, if, if, if we have more data on our patients, if we have more data on the people we're caring for, then we have an obligation to do something when that data implies there's something that we need to take care of. But as like organizations, it's a hard thing to do. Oh, it's, it's so. pushing a rock up the hill. But I would give you my word that I would be a huge advocate here in the States for Bridget and, and for implementing them into, you know, as a, as a requirement in, in assisted living and, and, nursing homes, I, I really feel like, you know, they're doing their best job they can. I can't, they're angels. I'm not saying any, but there are, you know, it's, it's commerce too. Yeah. And we've seen it happen. We've seen it happen. You know, there was a place my mother was first in after she um, left my home and it was one of, it was amazing place. And by the end, by the time I took her out of there, it was like, the difference between day one and the day you took her out of it literally was night and day. And it's just because they were, they were just overrun. They, they couldn't handle, you know, the, the traffic that was yeah. in there, the daily and the, and from moment to moment. Well, the need, I mean, listen, we're, you know, the senior citizens are the biggest population now because well, of baby and boomers. Baby boomers. Are... <laughs> so we have to get things like this in place. You guys are so on point and so progressive just so impressive. And this might also uh, delay, you know, even if it was by six months, somebody needing to go into a care facility and at the, at the cost of care facilities, six months is a lot of money. And and as we know, that's, you know, that's a problem that we have not solved yet by any means. And that's done. That's why we, um, we, we kind of set off on this journey under a brand called upstream. Um, and the, the concept behind that, and you may have heard of this story, right? But if you imagine there's a river and, you know, down this river, you've got people, patients or elderly people flowing down this river and they're coming to a waterfall and they're going over the edge of the waterfall. Um, when you come to that river, the natural thing to do is to try and grab that person that's going over the waterfall edge. It's natural because you think they're the person that's most in need. And when we look at our health system, you know, we go to the waterfall's edge with 90% of our resources. So our hospitals, our acutes, uh, our doctors, our physicians, our surgeons are all at the waterfall's edge dealing with those, those patients. 
Um, if you go a bit further up, then we have primary care, and, and they're, the, they're a bit more effectual. So they're actually working in the community, general practitioners. They're like building rafts, and they're taking four, five, six patients out at once, which is great. Um, but what we did in upstream of Bridges, we said we're going to jump in the river, and we're going to swim past the people at the Warble's Edge. And they're shouting at us like, why are you going up the river? There's people here that need help. And our response to them is we're going upstream to stop them from falling in, in the first place. Mm. And that's exactly what you're saying, Don. Like if we can help somebody to stay well in their own home um, and out of high cost services for, you know, for, for a few hundred dollars, you know, it's going to save $30,000. Mm-hmm. It's a no brainer. Yeah. Um, and when we looked at that analogy and when we started Bridget, when we first started the business, Family carers wasn't something I really knew about. You know, I knew about it personally, but I didn't know there was like six and a half million family carers in the UK. Like one in six of us is a family carer in the UK providing that support. And then when you look into the river and you can see every patient and you look even closer, that's where the family carers are. They're the ones floating down the river along the side of them, holding their hand, shouting at care professionals to support them. And they're the people that we want to target and help. Yeah. And that's where the kind of story came from, all about prevention. And, and actually, we, we got a study uh, done. We, we, in, in healthcare, we talk about efficacy studies. So prove that what you're doing can make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a report produced by um, NHS England, which is in the UK, we have a national health service, mm-hmm. um, which you guys will know. But the, they produced a report that said for every pound you invest in something like Bridget, we can save 20 pound um, downstream. So, um, you know, it can pay for itself. It just needs to be implemented. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, pay, I mean, you know, here, and I don't know about there, you know, monthly cost of uh, in a care facility can be anywhere from, you know, 3000 to $12,000 a month. Um, yeah. That said, you, I mean, you said for a few hundred dollars, and I assume there's some sort of monthly charge, but it can't be, I doubt if it's that much. <laughs> yeah. $15, $20. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah, that's we're, we're that's less than product. Netflix. It's less than <laughs> yeah, Netflix, <exactly>. folks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of worth it. <laughs> and worth it. You can yeah. watch Netflix because you won't be worried. You'll have that. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and I think I think when we we set the business up, so we're a social enterprise, which which basically means we're we're trying to make profit, but then that profit goes back into our social mission. Mm-hmm. So for us, we're not like a traditional company, really, and that's given us a bit more flexibility in terms of how we price things, how we promote things. Um, Does that mean you're non you're you're nonprofit or no you're profit but profit for good we call it. Got so it. Okay. What, 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 if you go nonprofit, then there's some limitations there, especially with mm-hmm. investment and how you grow. Um, so we're we're quite clear that we've got a social mission. Yeah. We're a for profit business, but that profit goes back into the business and the social mission of right. supporting carers. So taking this full circle, where what was the genesis? What led you? You were obviously weren't doing this before. So what took you from what you were doing? to this yeah so well I, I i spent a long time building health technologies that didn't ever really improve the, the patients that we we're trying to look after you know we had good intentions but we we spent millions and millions of pounds in the uk we spent nearly five billion on a program to basically build health technology to keep people well that just failed um and from that you know i i, I saw the and we were just doing things the wrong way. We were continuing to build solutions for doctors to look after sick patients. Um, and the reason we do that is because actually we trust doctors, right? So if, if you're going to invest in a startup or a new business, then you invest in a doctor because they're, they're reassuring, they're comfortable, and you think that's a low-risk investment. But the problem with that is if we just keep building solutions to look after sick patients, we're always going to have sick patients. Um, so... That's why two and a half years ago, we set up Upstream to look at Upstream solutions that were actually focused not on doctors, but we're going to focus on community care teams, on social care teams, on welfare, on social determinants of health, which are the things that provide the biggest impact in, in us staying well and, mm-hmm. and actually in the places we want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why we set up. That was the mission. And then the mission over time led us to family carers because we found that they were the people, caregivers are the people that can provide the biggest impact to the people we love and through doing that make the biggest impact to the health system mm-hmm. um, that's under so much strain right now and i wish we had that available yeah, i know i know i so, wish we and, had and, and, that kind of thing because then i because i have so many ideas that i would that i would love to implement too not on a technical level but on you know 
social and social that would be, level. Yeah, things that I've discovered that I know would make a huge change, you know, in terms of, of the quality of life for seniors. And and but we don't have that. We don't have earmarked, you know, funds for that. We do, yeah. we just don't. It's just no. it's too and, and then you had uh, you had a personal uh, experience that that I assume uh, informed and educated you going towards Bridget uh, yeah. with your granddad, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so Dougie, so Dougie, um, I mentioned earlier, he was like uh, growing up, and he used to winch himself onto the roof <laughs> of boats, these massive ships. So you know, the UK is an island, and and quite a proud shipbuilding island. And he used to pull himself up to the top of the rig and he used to paint the, the ships, covered, come back down, head to toe covered in paint um, every day. Um, and actually he got quite a few illnesses because of that, and lead poisoning and, and various ailments. Um, but he was always this, this really strong guy. And then I can remember three years ago, um, we got a call and my granddad was stuck on his roof. So he'd, he'd managed to pull himself up at 86, um, harness himself onto the roof, he was fixing some pointing and he got stuck up there. He couldn't call for help, uh, didn't have a mobile phone. Um, so he was up there for four hours until a neighbor noticed, called a family member and then got the support he needs. And I reflected, I had that story and then so many other stories where um, granddad had got himself into some kind of mischief. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, leaving pots of water on the stove with eggs in and then having them explode when, when they ran out of water or, you know, driving his mobility skill into a ditch on the way back from getting a bottle of rum at the local <laughs> off license. So we, we kind of had these stories about granddad, uh, Dougie, um, but at the same time, stories about my mom and my sister. And, you know, I, I think a lot about my sister who's, um, he's the primary caregiver. She's the one that's there for him most of the time. Um, but she's also got five kids, which is crazy, you know, a big family. Um, she's also, you know, a young mom. Um, she's wanting to get financial support for herself and the family. She's wanting to improve her ed education. So we were kind of thinking that we don't want to just build something to support my granddad and Doug, because day in, day out, he's not always there, right? So some, some, there's good, good days and bad days. But for my sister, she's the one that takes the strain. We want to build solutions to help her. And that's really for us been the, the focus, like helping Anna's all over the UK. Yeah. So if you suddenly see that he's not where he usually is for four hours, you know, something's wrong. Yeah. You know, something's maybe not quite right. Yeah. I mean, that's and it, it's, it's and it, simple. And it's not yeah, for us. It's not like complicated. So what we're trying to do is take the complex and make it simple. So, yeah. so if, you, if you can imagine, if you knew every day the time that somebody went to the kitchen, then over six weeks, if that changes incrementally by two, just 2%, then potentially they've got a respiratory issue. So now I've highlighted that, I can have a, a conversation with a, with a practitioner about maybe there's, maybe there's something there, which I've captured now early on, which means, means in six months time, they've not deteriorated and had the fall, which would have required the push button. And that's what we're all trying to do. We're trying to build a solution that helps them stay well today so that they don't need the push button in the future. That's great. Nice. It just allows that intervention before there's an actual issue, like a big issue. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because half the time you go and see the doctor or you go and see a health professional and you present and you're okay. But then you start deteriorating over time. By the time you get to the end point, when you see a physician at that point, you completely, you need that help. You need pulling off the waterfall. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah you don't want to wait till it's too late. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and Kat, have you had, did you have any caregiving experience or, or uh, challenges that, that also helped or, or you have not experienced that? No, I, I haven't had it directly, but my mum and dad, um, they're originally from Africa, um, but their parents lived in Africa. So if they had Bridget, they could have had that in, in, in their parents' homes. And they, they're the older ones, so they had carry that responsibility. So, they, so they're managing from afar, but they've only got the word of what people are saying and doing. So, and I've grown up with that over time, and I've also got their aunt, my aunties, and they're in the similar situation with, with their kids. So I can see where this applies. Um, but then like Dan was saying on a medical side, I mean, I wanted to be a medic, that's what I wanted to do. So I can kind of see where everyone pushes that attention to doctors, doctors, doctors all the time. But then my mum's a nurse, so I can see where she thinks, hang on, there could be the intervention way up over here, but no one's listening to what we're saying. 
And docs are trying to change people's behaviors and patterns without the actual information to say they've been doing this behavior before. Right. So it feeds into the solution of Bridget. Right. It's let's let's capture this information. So I just lo I love what Darren's passion is. I, I love the, the background to how it all came about. Um, and I'm, I'm a caring person. That, that's that's my, in my nature. Um, and I've supported other people in other, in other ways. Mm -hmm. um, I, I do mentor younger younger kids as well. It's so that's a, so important. I applaud you because younger kids need to to be pulled into that and 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 yeah. made like you are a cool person. You are a youthful person, and so for you to make it look you know as a an interesting you know part yeah. of our life because we at least in America <clears throat> we don't look we don't like to look at the older generation. Yeah. My, my biggest triggers is I used to work in coffee shops mm -hmm. and I used to always see all the people sat by themselves and yeah. it breaks my heart. So I'll always find a reason to catch their eye to start a conversation because I know I might be the only person that spoke to maybe a week or two or three weeks. Mm -hmm. So I'll sit, then I'll toss them. What are you doing on your laptop? Oh, I'm doing this. Can you help you. This, this mobile phone? Of course. Yeah. How does this work? Yeah. And then I'll literally put it in layman's terms, hence I can speak normally, as well as geek. So I know what's going on underneath the hood, but they don't need to know. Yeah. Yeah. I, you just gave me chills. I love that. When I, I remember being, I always tell my, I tell my daughters these stories because when I was five years old, my dad took me to New York for the first time. And I was sitting in a cafe with my dad and I saw this older gentleman at, at the counter eating all by himself. And my heart broke, like what you said, like I, I didn't understand why he was by himself. And I thought it was like the most horrible situation. I didn't know, you know, just from a little girl's point of view. And I've kind of kind of had this like affinity towards older people. And, and I, I hate to see them alone. I hate it. I hate it. But they've got so many stories. And, and, and they know all the gossip because they sit there like, <laughs> assuming, like, I don't know what's going on, but they're taking everything in. Yeah. They go, Cap, you know, this person over here, they're yeah. doing this. And Should I tell them about my 94-year-old boyfriend that I made? Sure. I mean, why, why wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, he I don't think he had full-on dementia, but he he rather be with in the dementia ward because it was quieter, he said. It was like he, people didn't bother him. But he he took a liking to me. He fell in love with me, like like for reals. And so every time I come to see my mom, he'd go, Susie Singer Carter, come over here. He'd take his hood off. <laughs> and I I and I and he I was listened. hunched over in a wheelchair. He'd be yeah. kind of like this. So the hood was down, you know, and he would pull it off and then he'd be like this. And it, it uh go ahead. I <laughs> know oh, that he would like, you know, at, at one day he said to me, he goes, you know, I love you, right? I said, I know you do. I love you too. And he said, we're not going to have sex, are we? I go, no. He goes, can you, can you scratch my back, right? I go, I'll scratch your back. <laughs> but it, yeah, it's those interactions. You can tell the difference between the people who have family come visit them and who do not. You can, you see it instantly. And, and people, I mean, I know that's, Susie is very uh, social, when she when she goes there and she 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 interacts with people and they just light up because they're not used to that mm -hmm. and so many people don't have you know people who come and visit and uh, it's yeah you can so see the difference so yeah that compassion my friend, Lisa that you Lisa, guys the have. Swedish Lisa <laughs> my Swedish Lisa friend who didn't speak very well very much English but apparently her family didn't visit her and every time I came she would start to hug come up to me and hug me and start crying. I think she thought I was her daughter and speaks Swedish. And I go, Lisa, English. She go, oh, I know. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, it, you just need to talk to them and then you'll see the person. Yeah. They're there. But it's great. I think it's credit to you and, and to like Kat as well. That, that certain people just get on with people, right? And uh, I, I love it when I, I'm sat there and Kat's off doing his thing and chatting and we call it in UK bants. So you've got the banter. It means you've got the, the gift of the gab um, and, you know, just creating connections. And, and that's that's been amazing, actually, for me to be around amazing people like Kat in the team that can just crack on, do the job, but have a lot of fun while we're doing it as well. Yeah. And yeah. realize that these people have lives and personalities and and, uh, you know, you you 
there's a like there is that fear of of age yeah. and you realize that all all they're they're just like you and me. they just they just want human interaction and to still well, have are, fun and they are and they are you and me don you know that's what you're going to say the 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 that what is an older person i still don't know the answer to that question yeah. right because it's, it's just it's a label but what it means is so hard right we're I'm, learning yeah yeah we, we, before before the call we were joking around like we were like 12 13 14 year yeah. old kids yeah and i was like I need to get back to being older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, my like my brother and I always say we're never we will be you know the 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 ten year old idiots that we always have been forever. And when you stop, you know that's part. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you have to be an adult and all that stuff. But when you lose that, that's you know that's when you stop living. You have to, yeah. you know, and and to and if someone can bring that out in you, how wonderful. But if if they're not, if you're just sitting there alone and no one's speaking to you it's that that's not life that's tragic that's <laughs> yeah. just tragedy right there that's the worst thing go on cat, cat turns 40 next year but he's still gonna be breakdancing so <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm I, i'm older than you cat i'm older than you i wouldn't quite call it breakdancing it's kind of trying to dance like i used to yeah yeah he's got some moves <laughs> Okay, so I'm okay. When we finally meet, we're gonna have to go dancing because oh. I, I took up I took up hip hop about <laughs> oh, right after my divorce, okay. and I'm um, like you know, blonde white girl from the valley. Okay, you don't know L.A., but I'm like I couldn't be more suburban, right? Hey, and we want to throw down. We can throw down. I throw freaking down. I throw it down. You want to go? I throw. <laughs> and let me tell you something. I I. I I, oh, I uh, competed three what? four years ago, Don. Three years oh, ago. Yeah. And my crew and I, we came, we placed. We oh, hang on, you got a crew. They won. They won audience favorite. <laughs> like we tore the house down. Hey, hey, East Riding Street dance champion over here. Shush. Edit. Shush. We're gonna send you the video. You can edit. You can edit pa in. Pa parent street dance champion being my my stepdaughter. Oh. And you Darren and I are going to be. My I love it so much, and I haven't been able to go to my class. <laughs> yeah, Darren and I are going to be sitting here doing the cabbage patch. Oh, no, the floss. That's a bit, bit it, right? <laughs> <laughs> the floss. <laughs> there was the big study here that Dan of all the activities, getting back to care, is like dance is the best activity to keep your brain young and oiled, which I know is true because. You're using all your senses and you have to learn, you know, it's, it's, it's quick. It's that quick muscle movement like that you, that keeps your tricking your brain. So you, you can't, you can only do, you can only focus on it while you're doing that. That's all you can focus on. Right. Plus with music it, it, at the great. same time. Yeah. Music too. I mean, I've got a friend of mine who, um, Freddie, she teaches salsa. Mm. Now we've got a group called the Parkies. And they all, everyone Parkinson's, not everyone, but the group that's that signed up, they go in the dance. And she said the way they just change is just phenomenal. Oh yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it, it builds synapses and neural connections and things that you didn't have before because you keep having to relearn, 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 relearn. And um, no, I'm, I'm a big advocate of dance. I love it now, so now, much. Now, now you're speaking geek. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Look at me. Synapses, neurons. <laughs> I think you have to uh, incorporate a, a, a music box into Bridget. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we did think, actually, just um, some simple tunes and stuff, mm. stuff that my, my granddad would like. So we're going to, in the new version, we're going to include some um, songs and stuff in there. Nice. Um, I was uh, kidding, but look at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, well, there's like, uh, we've got a partner company who specializes in audio for dementia therapy. So, um, yeah, we're trying to work with those guys next year. On that kind of stuff but yeah. oh if you need any input on that i'm your girl yeah 100%. because my i'm i'm a bit also like music has been my savior with my mom my mom was a professional singer and that's how i open the doors with her i sing we sing that's how we get her focused and connected it's all music yeah well there was a, a clip that went viral a, a couple of weeks ago i don't know if you saw it of a, an elderly lady ballerina oh um, i posted uh, it too i posted oh, yeah, it yeah yeah so I guess we'll post that for any anybody watching. But yeah, that was cool. Oh, Super she cool. was, wasn't it gorgeous? Yeah. Yeah, it was gorgeous. So uh, is there anything that we haven't covered that you 
you know, something that you want to say or any, and any, you know, regarding Bridget or anything, what, what, what you're doing or anything. I, I guess like, is there anything that your listeners would like to know from us? Is there any questions you think they'd have about a couple of Brits, you know, doing this kind of thing over, over here? Um, I mean, I would think there's like when, when and how, how can we all support you? There's so many caregivers here and so, like, it's a huge, 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 huge village. And I'm sure everyone's going, yes, 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 yes. So it, it feels like a no brainer that you can, that it could be implemented, especially if you're, you know, connected to Amazon. Well, that's just, that's just a click away. So there must be a way that we, that, or, you know, give us, give us some hope. Yeah, so what, what I'd love to do is maybe come back and have a follow-up with you guys maybe in six months' time about where we're at. And in the meantime, if, if anybody that's watching this wants to follow us or just get involved, then that'd be super cool. Um, I also think that, you know, especially with loneliness right now with COVID, mm-hmm. that having the ability to connect with caregivers from around the world would be super cool. So if there was some way of us using what we're doing to help caregivers in the UK and caregivers in the US come together, share stories, listen, chat, laugh together, that could be really cool and something quite easy for us to do. That would be uh, awesome. Maybe like an online community that we can create and yeah, people can sure. come and sign up to. Yeah. 100%, I think you're right on track. I have made so many friends that are caregivers that are all over the world. I have my friend Patrick, he's a, he's a full-time caregiver at a facility in Sweden. And, you know, he's such a lovely, lovely person. And he cares so much about this, what you guys are doing. Like, you are you are just extraordinary. Well, because you're hitting it on two levels. You're hitting, you're, you're, you're caring for the, the person who needs care, and then you're caring for the caregiver. Yeah, and if you have questions, reach out to them and, or yeah, suggestions, sure. or you just want to, like, say how cool they are. That's good, too. Yes. We all need that. Yeah, we'll share my email and like it's always there. If anybody wants to contact me whenever, that's cool. I might not reply if it's in the middle of the night. Uh, Well, that's a slippery slope right there, Darren. That's a slippery slope. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, but I am so proud of you and I'm, I'm proud to know you and we will have you back and stay healthy. Say hi to your grand. Say hi to Doggy. 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 (laughs) <laughs> and 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 cat will will be dancing. Oh yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. So, <laughs> so well. David Crombie and Cat Walia, thank you so much for being on Love Conquers Alls. And with that we say at the end of every episode, love is powerful, love is contagious, and love conquers alls. We'll see you next time. Okay. Take care. Be kind. Be nice. Wash your hands. Take care, look at my as well.